Welcome to The Crunch with Crib Creative. I'm Jess, and each week we're going to be diving into the stories of some of Perth's best agents and business people, how they got where they are, and what they learned along the way. Craig Gemmell has been involved in the building industry in WA since 1994 and started Gemmell Homes in 2004. Since then, he has also started Good Life Homes and Gemmell Developments. We caught up with Craig to chat about the challenges he has faced at the helm of such a respected WA brand and what drives him to stand behind every home he builds. Welcome, Craig. Thank you so much for your time coming in today. Really appreciate it. Now, one of the first things I ask our guests when we come on is, I guess, where you started, where you came from. So if you can give us a little bit of a background. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll give you a short version, otherwise we'll be here all day. Um, I actually had a diverse background because I I left home at 16, so I didn't only um, just scrape through year 10. So I went off into the wide world, had a long time in the hospitality industry, had eight years working for big chains. And then I decided, I woke up one day and I thought, you know, I need to really go back and study. So I got admitted um, through Canberra Uni, studied law for a couple of years. So when I was studying law, I got involved with selling land on the weekends because if anybody, any student out there knows that you've got to go and wash dishes or do something to put food on the table. Yeah. So I got involved with selling land in in Canberra and Queanbeyan and I loved that, really loved that. So I put my law studies on hold. And, and started focusing on the land and then it was a progression into into building. And I came to Perth in 1994 because we were just starting, it was after the last sort of end of the boom, which was 89, 90 and mm-hmm. Perth was starting to recover. And I thought, you know, there's a great opportunity over here in the West. So I came across here, what's that, 24 years ago. Wow. You so go. you're East Coast originally? Yes, yes. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Mm. Yeah. And what, um, what kind of drew you to Perth? Uh, it was just a place I hadn't been before, yeah. whereas when you're brought up on the East Coast, everything's accessible, like yeah. Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra. Yeah. But when, when you come to the West and you really understand it here, um, we are so isolated and there's a great opportunity here for anybody. You're not only locals, but uh, yeah. Eastern States people. Yeah, absolutely. So in 94 you came over, Gemmell Homes was started in 2004? 2004. Okay. So I was lucky enough, I worked for, for BGC for a few years, had yeah. a lot of fun there at Commodore Homes. Then I went on to Summit for five and a half years as their sales and marketing manager. Worked for Content Living for a while, setting up their unit uh, development division and then started my own business in 2004. So 14 years. So a lot of people don't realise, well, we're still quite young. 14 years is is young. Yeah, right. And so what drove you to want to go out on your own and do your own thing? I was just always passionate about it. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And I think if if you're passionate and you really enjoy something, you might as well have a crack at doing it for yourself. Yep, fair enough, fair enough. So now the Gemmel brand, I guess, you're known for standing behind every home you build. So I'm wondering how you built your brand. It, it was really, when, when we looked at that, you know, what was going to be our point of difference out there? Everyone talks about price and, and customer service, but I think the way you reference um, your builder is like your dentist your doctor, your lawyer, there's always that sense of ownership and we wanted to create that with our business as well. So mm-hmm. the people building with us uh, realised that um, there was going to be that bond. Yeah. It, well, it's a lifetime bond, I guess, with your builder. Correct. That's right. Well, apart from your statutory uh, guarantees, yeah. um, you'd like to think that people come back second and third time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And how you thought about um, that brand when you started to today, has it evolved at all or have you really maintained that 
Um, yeah, it's evolved. I, I honestly think a few years ago we definitely lost our way in terms of um, we got too big and started to do too many things that we weren't really equipped to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, Can you give us some examples? Well, we went down in the southwest, which is it seemed like a natural extension because everyone else was going down there. But it's it's not a natural extension if you're primarily based in Perth and it's yeah. very hard to manage. So you need another set of people down there. So I was going down there quite often um, and not being in Perth as much. So if you're trying to deliver on that standard or that expectation and you're not there, it makes it very difficult. Mm-hmm. We went into home improvements as well, which is totally different skill set, building methodology or whatever for us and, and we didn't do that well with that. Mm-hmm. So we, we tried it for a few years and was all like, you know what, this is all getting too big, it's getting too hard and, and then we had a lot of problems with delivering on the customer service expectations to our clients. Yeah. So we reefed the handbrake on. Okay. Do you think that was just an, uh, um, a learning curve of building a business or were there things at that time that were pushing you to pursue different avenues, like different revenue streams. Yeah, I think the market did allow us to do that a little bit. So yeah. the housing market was was a little bit buoyant, so mm-hmm. you felt you could go and off, off and explore those other avenues. But I think the thing you've got to remember in business as, as well, well, me personally, you, you've got to try and find the people that share the right values for you. Mm-hmm. One of the mistakes I made with people was employing people out of uh, longevity, Mm-hmm. and loyalty not yep. necessarily being the right people so yep. that's something you learn and as I said before Jess we're still a young business and a, and a young business has got to go through all those growing pains yeah. survive and become a better business yeah absolutely what is important to you um, when people think about Gamble Homes what what do you want them to think that we're, we're always there that if people come to us price is important mm-hmm. service is critical uh, there's a lot of competition out there. We haven't seen this level of competition before, but that's a result of a booming market as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think other markets would see that as well, that, that during the boom times you get this plethora of, of startups. Now, whether those startups can survive when you go into the downturn and then set themselves up for the future, that remains to be seen. So we've really restructured, totally reset our business now uh, to take advantage of, of a more buoyant market, but that buoyant market's going to take a long time to come back and mm-hmm. I don't think we're ever going to see the level of activity we saw before. Yeah. So it, it hasn't been a buoyant market for a while. So when you say you restructured your business to, to I guess, maximise on that, how have the last few years affected your business? Uh, we just we basically brought everybody back into one roof, whereas yeah. before we had offices everywhere. So we consolidated our operation. One of the biggest changes as well that we saw was that the way our customers interact with us. Mm-hmm. So in the past, they'd go out and visit a display home and do that all weekend and get the brochures and then make times to go and see the consultants. It's very much a digital world now. Yeah. So display homes are important, but not as important as they were in the past. Mm-hmm. So people are actually doing most of their research online now before they come to us. And that's okay. been... Um, a big game changer for us, educating our sales consultants that, hey, when the people make contact with you, they know everything about you, not only not only about the company but them themselves because what's the first thing they do? They'll check out your Facebook pages. The minute you make contact with a client, they're going to check you out. Yeah, yeah. So you recently released Catalog. Yes. Brand new. Is that in response to that, um, I guess, you know, you don't have to have your displays 
that, you know. Yeah, that was, it was quite by accident. We, we recognised the fact that we didn't need as many display homes. So just mm-hmm. less display homes, but in more strategic locations. Mm-hmm. So then what happened was we saw an article on Cadwalk and they developed this technology and it's been around for a couple of years but it was really for the mining, oil and gas sector, okay. doing these really big projects and bringing them to life. And I saw an article and I rang him and I said, you know, can I have a look at this? Can you show me what it does? And I went out and what I saw, I said, guys, have you thought about translating this into the residential market? Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, we had, but we don't know what to do about it. So we that was back in May. So we've spent the past few months working with them, getting it all ready. So now we're trialling it. Uh, up until the end of December, mm-hmm. um, just with ourselves, and then it'll be open up to not only the the west, the rest of the West Australian market, mm-hmm. but also uh, nationally, and they'd like to take it internationally. Yeah, right. Mm. From May to now, to launch a product like that is a fairly quick turnaround. They already had the technology; they yeah. just needed to understand how we translate it into our market. Okay, and and so over east, well. They know there's there's a few people that have tried it, but what they're doing is simply getting a an image and projecting it on the floor, mm-hmm. but it's not interactive. The thing that makes Cadwalk so unique is you can shift your beds around, you can shift your toilets around, the kitchen bench and everything else. You can grab them literally while people are there and shift them around. Yeah, so right. it really does bring it to life. Yeah. Have you had a good response? Yeah, it's been brilliant. So we've got testimonials up, everyone that's tried it. And we see this being developed so much more in terms of uh, kitchens, bathrooms, just small areas where any building company should be able to have this software in their office and put their client's kitchen or bathroom um, onto the floor so people can see it in real time. That, that's how good this is going to be in yeah, the future. Right. Incredible. Um, what are some of the other changes you've noticed since since starting the, the business in terms of the biz, uh, in terms of the building industry? Apart from um, you mentioned the way customers are interacting with you, mm. obviously the prevalence of, of digital making some changes. Are there any other large scale? Uh, one thing we're seeing which has been talked about is the fact that we've got an ageing workforce mm-hmm. and the way we build houses with a lot of wet trades and bricklayers, no one's taking those apprenticeships up anymore. Mm-hmm. So if we had to experience more buoyant market tomorrow, we simply don't have the people to build these houses and that's going to be a big worry in the future mm-hmm. and I think at some point there's going to be a change or a progression to alternate methods of construction um, and we're seeing it now. I was looking at, at an article the other day. Someone was talking about a 32-hour week, a working week. Yeah. Well, in our industry, that means your house is just going to take longer to get built. Yeah. Because if we can't process it and build it in the time we have now, how are we going to do that if we've got a shorter working yeah. week? Yeah. Are you looking into, obviously, you know, the internet is full of videos of these automated bricklaying machines and that can build a house in, you know, a couple of hours. Is that the kind of technology? Are you exploring that at all? Or? I think no different to catwalk. You start off with an idea, with a software or with a product, and then it needs to evolve to suit our market. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen those, uh, the robotic uh, brick makers and all that, but just the logistics thing about like some of the lots that we're building on are 10 metres wide, they're 12 and a half metres wide. You're 
going to park a big truck in the middle of the street, sandwich between those houses, build zero lot walls and all that. So that's something that I think they need to overcome and everything as well. Yeah. I think it'll work well on, on some sites, not as well on others. Okay. That was the other thing I wanted to ask you about in terms of obviously things are changing for you in practice, but what about in terms of what the consumer is asking for in their product? Has that changed at all? Yeah, well, the consumers, we've seen it now and everyone talks about it. The expectation is that people want so much in their houses now mm. and so it's a double whammy. It's not only the specification that's increased with what people want. I mean, you've got reverse cycle air conditioning. You've got stone bench tops throughout the house. You know, you've got all these high ceilings. Now, there's a cost there, mm -hmm. so that obviously increases the cost of the house. Mm -hmm. Then the consumer doesn't want to pay for it, which is another issue. Yeah. Um but it's just the expectation that everybody just wants everything now, um, yeah. which is incredible. And on top of that, you've got all the regulatory changes. So the biggest thing back in 2000, we had GST, so the house prices went up. So then you've got, you know, taxes coming through. I notice the government now is introducing that 7% uh, foreign buyer foreign surcharge, buyers. which yep. I just think is... Um, really bad timing because mm -hmm. that's and they're talking that they're going to get another 120 million dollars um in revenue they won't get anywhere near that because the buyers will stop and it's happened over on the east coast so i think that's a very bad piece of legislation mm -hmm. is that particularly will that particularly affect your business um well, we've done, actually, we went to KL a couple of times. Malaysians actually really have an affinity with Western Australia. Yeah, right. And I think it's the absence of traffic. It's the fact it's only five and a half hours away and we've got a lot of sunshine, which yep. they don't have there. The universities here are world class, so they, they like all that. But, but a 7% surcharge will sort of make them stop a mm -hmm. little bit, which, mm -hmm. um, which is a bit of a concern. And I did make a comment uh, in another publication the other day, the fact that the, the first home buyer should be out buying houses in droves at the moment is you're never going to buy yeah. it cheaper. They should be out there with the stamp duty rebates, the government incentives. They should be knocking our doors down, but they're not. Now, I'm not sure why. Is it just, is it a confidence thing? Um, is it their parents telling them no? Do they, are they not bothered by it at the moment? I'm not sure. So then generally what will happen now is investors will come back in mm -hmm. because they've made their money over the East Coast. They can see that our median house price is one of the lowest in the country. They can see the upside for growth. They know mining starting again. So they'll turn their attention to us. So it'll be the investors that come back in. So that's a long-winded way of saying any tax that's put an impost as an impost on investors will hurt us. Yeah. Yeah. With your, um, before we started recording, we were talking about the Banking Royal Commission and mm. that affecting, um, affecting you and your market and your business do you think that that's something that first home buyers as well obviously there's increased um scrutiny on on getting a loan is that really going to affect you guys oh look it has yeah. we we have seen we would normally process 80 percent of our our work would get finance approved a lot quicker mm -hmm. we're only seeing 50 percent now okay and that's really bad it's not the fact that the banks have change their guidelines the guidelines have always been there but now they're applying more scrutiny to um serviceability is the big one mm -hmm. if you've got kids and then they're, they're sort of suggesting what how are you spending your money have mm -hmm. you got a tab account do you like having a bet how many times do you order pizza in you know have you got a dan murphy's account and they look at that apart from their normal routine of how much money would you spend on school and clothes and all that sort of stuff so they're really looking at, at serviceability. So when the clients get a loan, that they can afford to pay it. Okay. Yeah. 
I wanted to um, quickly talk on your other brands, Good Life by Gamble Homes and Gamble Developments, um, and I guess the decision behind uh, creating those brands. Um, yep. You know. So Good Life Homes, um, first and foremost, that's um, there's a there's a lower entry level in terms of specification and price mm-hmm. for first home buyers. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, first home buyers through Good Life, it's more a finance product. So we've got an in-house broking service. So basically, anyone that wants to get into a new home, uh, we would qualify them first. We'll mm-hmm. work out what package they could get into and then find the right product, the right block, block, block of land for them. So you think that's the one that's really being affected? Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, the the good thing about Western Australia is we've got Keystart here, which mm-hmm. is unique to Western Australia. Yeah, and they've just ma- uh, announced changes that I'm pretty sure came in as as of the first of October uh, with savings, genuine savings. So as long as they've got one percent of genuine savings and they can show where the other one percent's coming from in terms of rent or whatever, that's helping first home buyers get into a home. So I think that's a brilliant product, mm-hmm. and I think we need to create more awareness out of that product because it's also for second and third home buyers. They can buy established as well. So I think it's a brilliant product. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Gemmel Developments. So Gemmel Developments has, has always been there. It was in the past helping people do a house behind a house or maybe a duplex. But we're seeing a lot of inquiry now because the government's got um, their directions 2031. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people talk about this where they want 47% of all building approvals to be infill. Mm-hmm. So the first step in that was to create that policy. Now the shires, I noticed the other day, uh, June Delup's just putting out a draft housing plan now. It's out there for public comment. That'll all be, the review will all be done, I think, by February, March 2019. And then they'll adopt part of that framework. So what that is, is around, say, um, traffic hubs where you've got um, hospitals, shopping centres, railway stations, they'll increase the density there Mm -hmm. where you've got existing infrastructure. So I think it's a very powerful step and most shires are doing that now. Yeah, we had a chat to James Linios on here last week. I mean, he he was talking about that and the need for, I guess, developers to start looking at apartments as um, family homes mm-hmm. as well as first home buyers, investors, small, you know, tiny apartments and changing that, I guess, way of thinking. Is that something that you have been conscious of in that brand? Or Yeah, we certainly, um, we won't move into that apartment area. We simply don't understand it. So yeah. those developers that are looking at that, um, and I'd agree with these comments, you've got to make them family friendly. Yeah. And I think the best thing is, and we've seen it firsthand around Hillary's, Craigie, Padbury, Kingsley, where people, it was, the zoning was changed from R20 to R40. Mm-hmm. So now we could, they're increasing the density. We've seen a few apartments going up. Um, they've got to cater to the population. So he's correct. So mum and dad selling the house don't necessarily want a one bedroom or two bedroom. They'd still like to have a three bedroom house or apartment and a garage. And when their kids come and stay, all the grandkids. So I don't think the market's there for just maybe only one and two bedrooms. I think mm-hmm. we need to focus on, on the three bedroom apartments and that style as well. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of those other brands, Good Life and Gemmel Developments, when did they, when did you, where did they fit in the life cycle of uh, So Good Life Homes was probably started four years after we started Gemmel yeah. and uh, Gemmel Developments would have been started about the same time. So again, they're probably 10 years young, both yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all still within, under that same, yes, under yeah, that same yeah. roof. Right. Um, what do you think is something as a businessman that you're really good at that you've you know over the last 14 years you've 
Uh, surviving. <laughs> surviving. <laughs> Spoken like a true builder. <laughs> yeah, well, I think the thing is um, there's no rule book on this and it's certainly for me, uh, I don't have an MBA or a business degree or whatever, so I've come up from the school of hard knocks and, you know, I've certainly made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I think you've, you've got to have an ability to um, dust yourself off and, and get back up and don't take things personally. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledge your mistakes and move on. And I do that with anyone. Um, and there's an old saying I have in the office is the only time you look backwards to, is to see how far you've come. You know, don't sit up all night worrying about what, what could have been. Just get on with it. Yeah. In the last couple of years, it has been a tough time. And I feel like, Gemmel, you know, you've proved yourself as, as a brand and as a business. What do you think it is that sets you apart from some of the builders that, you know, haven't made it through the last few years or Well, I think that um, one, one thing I've really noticed about our business is the fact that it's it's just timing in the market. Mm-hmm. So you've got a lot of other brands that might have been going 30, 40 years. So they build up their balance sheets. They're stronger. In, in hindsight, if I'd seen what was coming, I would have I would have just consolidated a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, which is what we want to do now over the next few years is just really focus on our brand, our service, and be one of the companies that can be around for 30, 40 years. So that's one thing that we really want to focus on now. Yeah. What, what's something that you um, personally have had to improve or, or, you know, has been a steep learning curve for you? <laughs> uh, learning to not to worry about failures. So it goes through a period where you take on board everything personally. Yeah. And and that does, you know, it does have that sort of emotional effect. So it's easy for me to say now, don't worry about it. But there was a period there that I felt, you know, my goodness, you know, how did, how did I not see this? You know, I'm a failure, I'm a loser. And everything people are saying about me is, is right. And I think there's a perception sometimes um, that what did I say to someone the other day? You know, people can I think never never confuse confidence with arrogance. Mm-hmm. And I think we, as a society, sometimes um, probably an Aussie society. You know, if you're a tall poppy, if you're perceived as being arrogant, everyone wants to cut you down. But you've got to have confidence in your own ability, your product and service. Mm-hmm. And I've never lost that that faith or the confidence in in what we can do. It must be tough. I feel like building is fairly unique or one of the few businesses where it is your your absolutely your name mm. on, on the on the brand and so um to take those failures you know well it's an emotional journey as well and, and you're talking about um your clients your customers it's the single biggest investment they're going to make mm-hmm. and and that's the hard thing as, a, as, a, as opposed to buying an established house. You can't touch and feel this. This is why I think Cadwalk will really help our industry mm-hmm. that they can, we can actually create that awareness and give confidence to people to move through the purchase. But we don't, we talk about building companies, but we don't have a building company. We've got a people business. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that goes into a house gets touched by a human hand. So people have got to remember that. And that's why um, the, the building code has tolerances. People don't understand those tolerances. They'll go there and say, that's out of whack or this should be like that. And it's like, this has been touched by a human hand. It's not created by a machine mm-hmm. where it's millimetre perfect. So people have got to understand that. And then there's this great change with a house. You go out to a construction site, they're ugly things. You know, it's not very pleasant. Yeah. You've got rubbish everywhere and it's like sand. the sand, you know, where's where's my beautiful dream home and off cuts of bricks and loose um, metal and timber being put into cages and, you know, 
Um, and then what happens with this metamorphosis, this change when the house is done, this is what I always believe. People should go there when the slab's laid, yep. have a look at it, have a bottle of champagne and say, great, and don't come back till you get the keys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair call. I saw the slab can sometimes be deceiving because they generally look smaller. Yes, yeah. So that's probably a shock for people. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> so you come back when the house is done, get your keys and walk through it and go, my goodness, look, look at, at this. Look at this. Yes. Look what I've got. What, um, what motivates you? Gee, that's a, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Sprung it on you. Yeah, I... Success is a big thing. I, I think taking pride in your achievements that motivates me, mm-hmm. and uh, and I like to see success. I like to see the products, and I and I like to see people getting enjoyment out of the house. You know, bringing something to life. People getting their keys, and and just seeing that um, that enjoyment on their faces. That's that creates a good feeling. And I'll tell you what, I've still got that after fourteen <laughs> years. So if I lose it, I think I'll get out of this business. Beautiful. What what would you um, what would be a piece of advice if you could talk to yourself fourteen years ago when you were getting started? What what piece of advice would you give yourself? Uh, slow down. Keep um, keep your eye on the ball and and one eye on the scoreboard. Yeah. Beautiful. And then finally, what about to people just getting started out in the industry? And I'm interested because you said that there's not many apprenticeships happening at the moment. Oh. Is that um, driven by people not wanting to get into building or is it driven by there's not many opportunities? No, there's heaps of opportunities. Yeah. I just don't know whether it's a shift with this um, with this generation now and, I, and I've got three young kids and, and none of them um, want to go down this path so I'm not sure um, we often joke everyone wants to be a dot com millionaire by yeah, the time they're 23 they want to code instead of yeah doing so physical. there's a there's a definite shift so that's actually going to create more demand so I think people should be really thinking about a career or an apprenticeship or a trade now because those tradespeople are going to be earning more money than doctors, lawyers and dentists, I reckon, in the yeah. future. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who's just, you know, who, who's just getting started in the industry, who's thinking about an apprenticeship or, you know? I think go and talk to people uh, that have been successful in, in the building industry. And, I mean, um, when you look at, at, at the ABN group, Dale Alcock, I mean, he started as a bricklayer and he's running one of the biggest housing companies, not only in Western Australia but potentially... Um, over east, so he's been a great ambassador for that for that apprenticeship scheme and the change. And, and anyone's just got to look at that and saying you don't just have to be a tradesman and work Monday to Friday. You can have you can be anything you want. Yeah, I think that's the thing they've got to look at. Absolutely. On that note, Craig, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jess. That's all of my questions for you today. Okay, I'm going now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Crunch. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. So if you'd like to share them, please email me at jess at cribcreative.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed the show and share it with anyone else you think might like it.